0: Hello welcome along to episode number 15 of For F's Sake Series 2. We are joined once again by Mr. Ranty himself, Luke Scott. Hello, Luke. Hello, Wayne. How are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I would imagine you're the same as you were about uh, half an hour ago when I saw you last. So, um, yes, very good. Welcome along to the show. Welcome to all of our listeners across the globe. Hope you are all well on this fine Tuesday morning. Thank you to all those people who messaged me at 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning last week and said, can't find a podcast, can't find a podcast. Um, I don't know what happens. There's technological failure somewhere, but we got it there. Um, The social media output has been constant this week. Our new social media director is doing a fine job, whoever that may be. It's a bit like the Stig on um, Top Gear. Yeah, we don't actually know who it is, but it, it, it just happens, doesn't it? So, yeah, welcome along. We have got Phoebe Horner joining us today on this episode, talking about her experience recently on the National League at AFC Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium in front of 6,000 people. Nice to chat to her once again. Um, a returning guest, Luke, no less.
1: Yeah, and like I we say, we, we don't do that very often.
0: We don't. And we have got some top guests coming up, by the way, over the next few weeks. We were talking earlier, actually, about um, we didn't have any kind of idea where this podcast would go, did we? We kind of I came up with this idea one day and said, Oh, Luke, Luke, let's do this podcast. Let's do a podcast about refereeing. And you were like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, we're good. I mean, it probably won't last very long. But here we are, 46 episodes later. And I obviously timed this perfectly so that our christmas episode our christmas special probably sounds a bit um more intense than it's going to be but that'll be our 50th we'll be 50 i mean if we get there obviously we'll be 50 not out at christmas um last year we had bertie's our christmas special who are we going to have this year have a guess because we don't know either at the moment (laughs) (laughs) no 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 we have got some plans don't we leaky boy well, we
1: have got some plans, yes.
0: Uh, some really good guests lined up for the next few weeks. So hopefully we do make it to that 50 landmark
1: because that will mean we've, we've covered off some big names.
0: We have. And also, generally, um, the referees don't let us down. So when they do say they're going to come on, they do tend to turn up. So that's lovely. So um, busy week in football for you, Luke. Apart from um, uh- administering the social media from a distance. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Apart from that. Yeah. No, it has been, mate. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've had uh, another trip to Wembley to contend with and um, and all sorts going on. Yeah. To
0: contend with. Did you look at the um, the link I sent you about the padded seat? I sent you a link about the padded seat. Did you watch it? Uh, I forgot to watch it. You are something else. Padded seat was out there um, and they went to Wembley. But they weren't what, in... in the royal box. No, 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 no. They weren't in the royal uh, box mate. They were in the in the cheap seats. Obviously the royal box was taken by uh the, the other people <laughs> so it's really derogatory it there but I'm not going to because that will just feed people wouldn't it. People would just feed off that negativity, but we we're a positive yeah. podcast. We we're a clean we are. positive podcast. That's our strap line. Clean and positive. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I like it um so you didn't do that okay but you went to Wembley um and then you went to um oh so you went to Wembley for the County FA um achievement award thing
1: yeah yeah recognition awards yeah yeah so we were nominated in the women's and girls category uh for some of the work we've done with girl guarding in Northamptonshire to get more girls playing football
0: so I'm assuming just the women's and girls officer went to that to that um party
1: no, it was, no, it wasn't a party. It was an award ceremony, um, mm. and no, we we wanted to make sure that we supported her in good numbers. Did the and Girls officer
0: actually go to it? Yeah. Oh, good. I was just checking. That's all right. You don't have to sound so um, <laughs> you know, so shocked. Um, yeah. So we've got some some top guests coming up. Um, we had some really good feedback as well from last week's episode, didn't we? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? It was interesting, uh, and the more you think about it and i listen back to it the more kind of questions that come into your mind about things so two points just to um, reflect on from last week and one of the points that you made was really really interesting actually which is you know makes a change um it was about competition so we're in this situation aren't we as referees where your best you could be in competition with one of your best mates for that position on the next level but it's like a competition but not a competition because you really most people anyway want to see that other person do well which is an interesting point from a psychological point of view because ultimately as we've said before there's not enough spaces for everybody to get to 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 the next level and you want to be that person but if it is somebody else then you know well done to them
1: yeah i think that's it and it can be It can be tricky, can't it? I think, you know, you say from a mindset point of view, but I think, you know, I think most people, most people want to support their mates, don't they? And um, if it was a, if it was a case of you not getting it, then you'd want your mate to get it over, over somebody else um, in the country. So, yeah, I I think we're quite lucky with that in Northamptonshire. I think, you know, we've always had quite a a tight knit group, particularly those of us operating at the same level. Um, And, you know, we share, share thoughts on observers on you know what what they what they might like what they might not like in order to help that person on on match day so um yeah i think we're quite fortunate in that sense but i i know of numerous examples where things have uh, got toxic between certain individuals because of that exact situation
0: and then good points the second point i was going to make was about um the thing that you said about the end of the game last week, where you had a manager come across and he was talking about a red card, I believe, and um, what he felt should have been a red card, and it's that kind of—I I mentioned the word kind of—you um, know, the, the mentality of being in a group. Referees today—they're they, always kind of—they want to, but they're always on the end of the negative feedback, aren't they? No one's really coming across going, "Oh, yeah, you were brilliant today." Um, so it, it was interesting to listen back to it and think, yeah, actually, um, referees are always on the back foot um, in terms of they can't go. I mean, they can't really. I know we joke about you being ranty and what have you, but you can't go on the offensive because you're seen to be having to hu- uphold this um, this position um, in the football, I guess, the football society um, where you can't go. Well, actually, why did not your striker do this? Or why did you make that decision to make that substitute? Because. We, you know they're always questioning your decisions but never are you you know uh, enabled to go and question their decisions which is a point that you made as well about um, they're often coming at you from a point of um, a decision that they feel aggrieved by but not from a point of law as such.
1: Yeah I think that's frustrating is as we've talked about most, most contentious decisions are subjective so it's a matter of opinion and you know the, the frustration there is somebody's coming over to tell you you've got something wrong based on a subjective decision and they're saying it with such confidence that you're definitely wrong then but but you're making a decision because you're confident of what you've seen and and you've in, and how you've interpreted that situation so what makes their opinion more important than your opinion well it doesn't but and and that's the frustration it's never or very rarely is it a conversation about what have you seen and why have you given that it's a conversation of you've you've given that and it's wrong and here's why it's wrong yeah. and then and a complete unwillingness to to listen or even try and understand the thought process or decision-making process that went into it
0: yeah I, and, and we talked about this earlier so um there was a game i refereed a game this morning and the chances are um there was a decision in the last minute where it could have been a penalty and uh and I, and I didn't give a penalty, and, and in retrospect, it probably was. And you know, hold your hands up, don't you? It, it is what it is. But I mean, to be fair to the manager of the team, he didn't come across ranting and raving, didn't even mention it to be honest. But if he had, and I'd said to him, "Well, actually, your striker went round the goalkeeper and missed an open goal. So, is are we both at fault? We wouldn't say that because that's then we would be seen as, oh, why are you saying why are you saying that to us? Why are you doing that? Why why are you being like that? Is that a fair reflection? Yeah." Oh
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you know, anytime, anytime you try and say anything with an element of confidence um, or dare I say authority, uh, you you get the you get the the token strapline. Oh, you're arrogant. Well, I'm I'm not arrogant. I'm just confident in what I've seen, and I know what I've seen is right. You don't like it? That's fine. It doesn't mean I'm arrogant. That 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 just means I'm confident. And you want the the silly thing is they would want a confident referee because why wouldn't they want a confident referee if you don't have a confident referee then chances are the other team's going to be able to bully that referee into decisions and and things like that so um yeah you're right you just you, you can't win
0: basically is 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 where we're going with this conversation I think well we we do try and win but obviously we're uh, not having a great deal of success at the moment in terms of <laughs>
1: but stuff. what I would say just to put a bit of positivity on it it's not always like that you know I, I um I sent a player off in the 18th minute uh, yesterday for, for an act of violent conduct, um, team, team manager came over to me at halftime and, um, and, and just, and the team that I'd sent off and said, I thought you got it. I thought you got it right. I, I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to be, um, worrying about us. I think you've got that decision right. And, you know, uh, I thought you had a good half and same at the end of the game as well. We came over and said, I thought you had a really good game, um, best set of officials we've had, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So there, there is, there. he had a real opportunity there to, to say that I've ruined that game for him, sent a player off in the 18th minute, blah, blah, blah. And that, that, that narrative is kind of one that we would automatically expect them to take and kind of prepare ourselves for as he's walking over at half time. But it was completely the opposite. And that was really refreshing,
0: I have to say. And, Seamless link here, because that brings us on to um, the club mark situation. So I was saying to you uh, one night this week, I must have been bored or something, I was looking at club marks and when I was ref- refereeing at level three and uh, thinking, well, I remember that game, um, I'm surprised by those marks and stuff. And I put something on our Instagram story this week where I went to watch a referee on Monday night, um, I won't mention the game, I don't, don't know if I will or not, I might mention the team in a second, but... Um, it might slip out who knows but I mean, I mean it, it's, it's quite easy to work out it was in a county cup um, an under 18s game I went to watch the referee from an observation point of view I thought the referee did really well we had two county FA counterparts on, uh, assisting a very brave call from Joe England to go short sleeve with um, mm. about minus two um, in the middle of Moulton um, I think he regretted that yeah, yeah. Um, Chillblains is a, a potential um, and Callum White on the other line as well um he wasn't looking quite so cold because he'd gone long sleeve and also you can never know where his legs um finish because his shorts are quite long and his socks are quite <laughs> long as well, so you know. Uh, so you never know where that knee is on, on in that respect. But um I mean it didn't have much to do in that game because by half time it was seven nil to the to the whole right. team and it ended up in a in a ten two victory. So if you haven't worked out which which teams are on, it's I pretty much narrowed it down for you. Um but anyway, um and then we saw I think a club mark from the away team of about fifty-five. Now, to me, that just shows you the ridiculous nature of the club marking system. That um, a team has let you know let in ten goals, and yet the referee has been marked a ridiculous amount, uh, you know, amount of marks. I've I watched the game; it was not justified whatsoever. Um, I just wish we had the power to go well. Let's just chuck that club mark out the window because it's clearly not relative to the performance of the referee. That was a bit of a rant. And I enjoyed it. I won't lie to you. Yeah, that was a bit of a rant, but yeah, I mean, I I
1: think we've, you know, I've talked about this on, on the podcast before and it, it does, it does frustrate you that those types of things are happening, you know, a mark of 55 when you, when you're seven and a half time that again, it goes back and this is a, probably a question for you because I wasn't at the game, but I think I know the answer. If, If there'd been a red card, for example, that was the reason for that scoreline or a number of penalties, for example, that were the reason for that scoreline, then perhaps we could begin to understand the 55. But I imagine uh, there were no key match decisions, as we would call them, that impacted on that scoreline. You would be right. Yeah, so there you go. Quite where that mark of 55 has come from, because that would be well below the average, Um, even if you just mark the referee average for that for that performance, that would be, that would be a much more, uh, I'd be much more comfortable with that, put it that way.
0: When I was looking through the, those marks from the Southern League days, um, and I know which referee this was, because it, it it does make me chuckle still, but I got marked down in, in, in under 60s, so which you had to write a report and stuff, I think it was. Um, and one of the comments from, from the club was that, the reason it was marked so low was that, um, Excuse me. Um, the one of the one of the assistants was on their mobile phone, in the boardroom, <laughs> which I thought was quite, oh, right. quite a niche niche. Um, reason. Yeah. But but hey, there we go. Anyway, we we'll move on. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just didn't think that was very, fair. Let's go into um the Premier League, the Premier League from the weekend. So we've had a few decisions to chat about. Um, one interesting point. I don't know if you watched the whole match of the day, but there was a there was a um. Roy Hodgson, bless him. You know, he's 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 knocking on these days, but you know, fair play to him, he's still going. Um E Easy. Easy, Z- e- who's a player? Is it his yeah. first name? What's his first name? I think it's
1: Eze, but yeah, okay,
0: yeah. E- e- I like easy. easy Z- Anyway, yeah. yeah. yeah e- he, was <laughs> he was mourning he was moaning that um there wasn't a free kick given to him and, and I think Easy e- e- went off injured. And I think he tried to blame the referee for that as well, um, because I think what happened was I think they were playing Luton, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Luton player kind of he kind of fell on top of him and what have you. It wasn't much in it. He was just minding that not only did we not get a free kick, um, the players being injured, like it was the referee's fault.
1: Yeah, and and I did see that, and there was there wasn't an awful lot in it. I mean, you know, you might you might have seen a, a free kick given for it, and I don't think anybody would have been. Uh, too upset if, if a free kick had have been given, but certainly not a yellow card or a red card or anything. So you know the the fact that he's got injured off the back of it certainly wasn't a, as a consequence of the nature of the challenge. I think it was more just a, a an unfortunate consequence of the way
0: that that whole challenge came together and the aftermath of it. Yeah, um, and I noted down the date um, yesterday, which was the twenty fifth of November when we recorded this anyway, and yet. We've got to this point, and we are still seeing footballers delaying the restart of a game by kicking the ball away. Now, it's it, you know when you watch it on Match of the Day and you see one of them, and normally it's not you know it's not anything, but you know well, it's like a spoiler. I know what's coming now. Someone's going to get sent yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. So we had the um, the Reese James where he's just nicked the ball away. Yellow card, I believe Simon Hooper was the ref, if I remember yep. it correctly. And then, he, again, the most minimal contact, but it's a foul, whatever you want to do. Why are these footballers, and be nice with your reply here, Luke, why are these footballers not learning that they can't get away with that? Or are some of them getting away with it because the law isn't being applied consistently enough still?
1: Um. Well, I think I think the law is being applied consistently. I, I think it, we started off with a flurry of yellow cards at the start of the season, and I think slowly we have seen behaviour change. I think it's just when you're in those moments. I mean, I don't know what the score was at the time of that, that first Rhys James yellow card for kicking the ball away, but I imagine Chelsea were under the cosh a little bit, it, it, um, feeling the pressure and, you know, all of those things. A bit like what we talked about last week in that side so um, psychology special uh, you know all of those types of things that that whole thought process for Rhys James has gone a little bit and he trying to buy his team a bit of time he's the captain trying to slow the game down a little bit because they're under the and I think he's thinking about that rather than thinking about the consequences of it and um, you know, it's a it's a difficult position to be in. I imagine as a professional footballer, particularly if your team's under the caution. You're, I think they're away from home as well, weren't they? Mm. Um, so St James's Park never, never an easy place to go to, and all of that pressure. He probably just hasn't handled it as well as he would have liked. And he was captain as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I think he's so just been again, made
0: captain. I think he's just been made captain as well. So he's quite, he's yeah. quite new to the. So, role, w- so I think all all of those
1: factors. I think he's probably just lost a little bit of a a, trail of thought that he perhaps would have had if he didn't have those pressures on him.
0: Um, Now, moving on to another uh, incident from Saturday. So, um, it was called by some people in the media, national media, the dumbest red card you'll ever see um, for Lewis Dunk um so yep. he was literally slam dunked <laughs> <laughs> good yeah good day. um so anthony taylor um was not happy so there was a lot going on you know going back to um the game it was, it was forest against uh, brighton obviously um the D- derby as his name yeah he wasn't happy yeah. he, he was more he was more than after it, it, it was weird because after the game, he was mourning about having players missing some injuries, whatever. But yeah, his players just got sent off for some absolute stupid. So um, he was he was booked twice for arguing over a penalty decision. So he hasn't learnt from the first incident, which I guess, you know, with, with Simbins and stuff, um, it might have helped him cool off a little bit. But in this respect, it didn't because he got two yellow cards for the same incident. Did you see it?
1: Yeah. But, I mean, he's going back to your question about why i can't remember how you worded the reese james question i'll just paraphrase it why football is so stupid um he's he's arguing about a decision that's that's been checked by var and anthony taylor's had the had the privilege of watching it back right so he he he, lewis lewis dunks only seen that once so again we go back to our conversation earlier about um the the confidence of which these managers and players come over and say no no i've seen this so this is the right decision Anthony Taylor's literally watched it back about three or four times. He knows, he knows what he's seen. He knows what he's got to give and he knows exactly the reasons why. And what Lewis Dunk's probably telling him doesn't resemble what the footage shows. So uh, I just, yeah, obviously we don't know what's been said. I think it will be really interesting if on that match officials, mic'd up program that the PGM I've been doing with Howard Webb and Michael Owen, if we get to hear that, that conversation, I don't think we will, cause it probably involves lots of swear words. Um, but yeah you're right didn't learn from his didn't learn from his first yellow card carried on because that's the the self entitlement of footballers nowadays and, um, and, and deservedly got himself a, a second yellow card and and you know deserve deserve he's not one that um, minces his words when it comes to referees he came out last week and said he doesn't like 80% of England's referees so i think if he if he felt if he felt he had a leg to stand on in terms of an argument he would have made it in his post-match interview and he didn't really reference it did he like you say he just said I've got players missing and I've had a red card um you know on his list of excuses so I think even even he has to agree that Lewis Dunk is just a bit silly
0: yeah I mean there's been some conjecture on on from what I've seen on um, on the internet about whether the second one was a second yellow or was a straight red for for what he was said. I don't know if that's you know what the, what the outcome of that is at the moment. But um, you know this this guy's 32. Looking on here, he's been at Brighton for 13 years. Um, he knows what's happening in the game. And and fair play to Anthony Taylor, you know, because a lot of referees might have just walked away and ignored it and what have you. But no, he, you know, he, he's gone out there and he's he, and he's been strong. Um, I didn't really like. Steve Cooper's um, comments after the game. I mean, this is a guy as well whose dad was a Premier League referee or he was he yeah. was a, a top-level referee, whatever it was in those days. Um, but, you know, he I just felt he was a bit smarmy as the way he came across. As he was saying things like, oh, this is meant to be our top referee or in the top three, almost like questioning his position to, f- to fit his own narrative. Um, and probably, you know, as most managers do, to be fair, Luke, is to deflect from his own performance.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't get it. I think, you know, he's he's had a, he's, he's been fortunate to have a penalty awarded in his favour. I mean, look, we've seen a couple of them. It's a set piece. It's all the jostling, holding, pushing, pulling. That it, it didn't seem anything particularly above and beyond. But there is contact there. And as we've said previously, if you're a defender and you do that, you kind of give the referee a decision to make. And Antti Taylor's made that decision and VAR's never going to overturn it. So... He's, he's been fortunate in that sense. And then he goes and moans about Anthony Taylor not seeing an incident that he's not looking at. You know, the cross has come. It's a, it's a long ball from sort of the halfway line. Anthony's looking in that direction. The ball comes in. He's got to readjust his body position, turn his head. For, and by the time he's done that, there's a player on the floor. He doesn't know what's caused it. He's looking for a bit of assistance from his um, from his assistant referee that you, you clearly see them have that conversation over the comms kit um and and obviously his assistant didn't have enough information to for them both to be confident enough to give a penalty um so quite rightly they've not given it they're not sure but then var has come in and given it and it yeah it was the right decision um so i, I don't really understand what his problem was with that whole process anthony taylor hasn't seen it i i'm i'm obviously i can't say that is a guaranteed fact but I, I i strongly believe that will be if again if we get to hear the um hear the the communications between the officials on that incident I I think that will be the case Anthony Taylor has seen that either the very end of it so not seeing what's caused, like the very start what's caused it or or he's he's just not seen it at all and he's just turned around to see a player on the floor so how can you make a decision he can't Um, so yeah I I think very much a deflection tactic from um, Mr Cooper there unfortunately
0: Thank you, Um, that's one run each pretty much Um, thank you for that and I think the final one we'll talk about We're in the Premier League, and know there was the, the Man United penalty and what have you, but um, <laughs> people are going to say, yeah, well, you kind of mentioned it about consistency between games. I don't think you're going to get that consistency between games. This is Premier League football, for goodness sake. Um, so the Akanji... The um, is it Akanji? Yeah. Um, the Man City-Liverpool disallowed yeah. goal. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that one? Because... Uh. You know, we're going to go back to we had a little chat, didn't we, a few weeks ago about the um, the Anthony Gordon goal. I believe it was for Newcastle, the one 0 win um, for Newcastle over Arsenal. As much as it pains me to say, but what what do you think of that of that one?
1: Uh, look, I think it was soft. Um, I, I yeah, I I think the one positive from that, um, as as I was saying to you earlier, is is that. What it does show is that the on-field decision carries the weight. And I think that's important. Um, and particularly in this time where people seem to not trust VAR or the process behind it. I think it's important that the on-field decision carries the weight. And that's what's happened in this case. I, I don't think it's a foul. Um, but Chris Kavan, has, Chris Kavan has given it. He's seen enough for it to be a foul. Um, there is contact. So VAR is not going to overturn it. Um was there enough contact for it to be a foul? Not for me. Um, and again, if you compare it to the Anthony Gordon goal, where we were talking about, was it or was it not a push on? I think it was Gabriel right on that um, on the goal line after that that whole controversial incident. Um, I think you know we 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 me and you certainly agreed that that wasn't a push in in the Arsenal game. Um, it, that you know that caused a bit of controversy uh, across the country, and different people, different pundits thought different things. I think this incident is, is a lot softer than that. Um so yeah, I, I I think Man City were probably a little bit unlucky there, but in a way I'm happy that the on field decision is carrying the the weight rather than us re refereeing games through the video technology.
0: Didn't um interestingly enough, but um we we didn't put that game on till I think it was fifth or sixth game on the on match of the day. The first game was Luton against Crystal Palace, which it's about as exciting as it sounds, really. But, uh, you know, sorry to all you Luton and uh, uh, Crystal Palace fans out right there. Um, so you, sorry, our, our new social media director um, <laughs> sent out some some stuff um, about, you know, sending some voice notes in. I mean, I'm yep. still looking at my phone for them. But uh, but we did get a couple of messages, didn't we? We got a couple of we messages did. from people. Um which is good so if you haven't you know if you haven't done that already, send us a message. We've got this is Darrell from East Hunsbury. <laughs> in case you don't know oh, who he is. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. And he says, Dear for ref's sake. Best moment today, I was A Hanwell versus Tiverton with Joe Wilmer, I think he's Australian. Jow Wilmer in the middle. I think he meant I think he meant Joe. He had a great game. Wow. Um, Maybe you didn't mean Joe. Um, I won't be angry if I asked if I wanted to borrow her glasses after Tiverton's centre-forward fell over after leaning into the defender and she and her mates thought it was a foul. I didn't respond. Five minutes later, subs board goes up showing 16 is coming on for 11. She's confused. She can't understand why 6 is coming on as 6 is already on. This goes on for some time and she still remains confused. Eventually, she realises it's number 26. So I turned around and said... I won't be bothering your glasses, if that's okay with you. <laughs> it's a good story, that one, isn't it? Yeah, good. Um, and also, you said, can Rantman explain why um, Steve Cooper had to com- complain about Anthony Taylor? One of the craziest moments I've ever heard, and uh, we've just covered that one off. So, thank you, Darrell from East Hunsbury, for your input. Yes, thank you. Um, and secondly, we've got Richard Richard Daly, um and I'll paraphrase what it's written because there's a little bit of foul language in and we're uh, a clean podcast. He says We are, yeah. You asked about how how our games go. One bad. Had a coach, team losing heavily, who he complained at me for asking him to wipe and put a plaster on a blood injury to his player's knee. Replies were There's nothing th- this is me pretending to be the coach. There's nothing there, mate. This ain't rugby, mate. Um, he eventually subbed him instead. Um, but on the positive side, he said he covered 4.46 miles as an assistant referee. Um, it That's is a, bit a good weird. shift, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good shift, but it's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, you know, you've got these rugby players who are just running around, like, almost like a, there could be an extra in an episode of Casualty, Yeah. And we see a little bit of blood. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh, can't do that, mate. <laughs> stop. Stop right there. Yeah. Call the ambulance. Quick, 999. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get this man a, this man a uh, med- yeah. some medical assistance? We we have... We
1: have a whole blood injury protocol that we have to follow. You know that the player can't enter until we've rechecked the equipment and all of that. And you've got rugby players, yeah, like you say, it's it, that it's nonsense,
0: isn't it? It is nonsense. Um, and the final point is, um, I'm going to finish our first part on, um, positivity. Good, because uh, today I um this afternoon, in fact, or Sunday afternoon, if you're listening to this, whenever, um, I refereed, um. GLK United versus Owen Chenix, under 15, NCFA Cup. Um, what an enjoyable experience that was. No cautions. Good, Good. full blooded game. Um, I don't want to mention uh, I played three advantages that led to goals, but I, I just have. Oops. Um, and also <laughs> an, an advantage that led to an equalising goal in the 80th minute which incidentally is the last minute of the game um, under 15 so just a little bit of knowledge for you um, good and then the team that conceded in the last minute um, they subsequently lost out on penalties and it, it was a tough pill to take for them I'm sure it was um, to get through to, to the next round which I believe is the quarter finals and I should know this because I am the secretary of the competition as well <laughs> um, but I mean, I felt I should, you know, go over to the team and, and, and just have a quick chat with them. Um, parents, fantastic. Players' attitude is fantastic. Coaches, fantastic. Absolutely no issues. Um, and I went over to them and said, lads, there's a lot of negativity around you, football at the moment, about participant behaviour and you know and stuff like that. But I said, you should be proud of yourself today because I thought you were brilliant to work with and um, you know you played really well, and it's just you know it's a lot to read a penalty shootout, and you know keep your heads up and have a you know a, a good rest of the season. And um, um one of the players went, "Oh, you told me there was only a minute left, and I felt like you played more than a minute before the squad equalized." And I said, "Well, actually, it wasn't true because there was a substitute, and um, there was this and that, and." He went, oh, yeah, fair enough. And one of the, the coaches went, yeah, leave the referee alone. He's definitely the best referee we've had this season by a mile. And um, funnily enough, who was the referee last week? Chris Rowland. Evening, Chris. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later, everybody. And uh, we'll have a, <laughs> I'll have a little look at the um, club marks later, which is probably a from both teams. But, you know, I'll, I'll take it just to be told I was better <laughs> than Chris Rowland. You can give me zero, mate, and that'll make me happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose it depends.
0: Um, depends what your aspirations are, mate. If it's just to be better than Chris Rowland, then you've completed it. <laughs> uh, what you're trying to say there is, I've got a low, low threshold of of ambition. I am not having my words twisted. I think Chris <laughs> is a very good referee. <laughs> um. Oh, final final point. I'm going to mention this a lot over over the coming weeks. Um. So one of our regular listeners, one of the people who did message me at half past seven last last week to see where's the podcast. Aaron Lloyd, we know lloyd D. He's a great yeah. guy. I watched the boxing last night. That was brutal, by the way. Um, Cameron versus uh, Katie Taylor. Absolutely, you know, fair play to both of them. Is um, leaving somewhere, Luke, by the way. Um, Aaron Lloyd has signed up to the UWCB, I think it's called, which is basically white-collar boxing. I mean, he's he's far too handsome to be getting smashed in the face by somebody. Um, but, you know, he's doing Is it. He? For... Oh, hang on a minute. You won't slaughter Chris <laughs> Rowland, but you'll slaughter Aaron Lloyd. Uh, yeah, because he's running my line next Saturday. So you're a bad laugh, You are a very bad man. <laughs> um, so he's doing this, and he's doing it for the Northampton <laughs> Health Charity, which means yourself, we've done a lot Good of work man. for. Um, yeah. So if, if there's anybody out there who can sponsor him um, or help out, please let us know. Um, we need some sponsor for his kit. And we're going to be selling some tickets as well through the Therese uh socials and through the Team Daisy socials as well and all that business. So he is willing to get his face smashed in for charity. Um, and he's a nice lad as well, even if you don't think so.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think he's a very nice lad. I just questioned the, the handsome comment. That was
0: all. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, so join us for part two. Part two is coming up very shortly. We've got Phoebe Horner. She's going to be talking about... <coughs> Of experiences in a women's game the women's pathway how it differs to the male pathway and uh, yeah we're looking forward to speaking to her stay tuned for part number two so welcome back to part number two of episode number 15 of F FFC. We are very pleased that we have got a, a returning guest, aren't we, Luke? We have got Phoebe Horner, Northants FA's superstar of refereeing, in the Horner household, at least. Yep. <laughs> Welcome along, Phoebe. How are we? I'm very well, thank you. I think last time we spoke to you, you weren't very well, and you were a bit snotty. I,
2: yeah, no, I, I'm actually snotty. Again, that's hilarious. I lied to you. I'm not well at all. I've got a chest infection, but I thought I'd, you know, pretend.
0: Ah, oh, what a martyr. What a, what, a, what a trooper.
2: On a school night as well.
0: School night, yeah. We record this on a Sunday and uh, Monday is obviously a school day, all the way through to Friday, Luke, in case you were wondering. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So, um, Phoebe, the reason we got you back on is because uh, your dad turned us. His... No, he didn't. Um, it's because <laughs> uh, we want to talk about some experience. So, um, we align very much with the Northamptonshire referees, Association and we talk a lot with them, and uh, obviously, as the chairman um, of that association, it was nice to see um, your dad, who does a lot of our social media work on that particular um, forum, not on the Sake forum, Luke. Is it? Is he? Absolutely not. No. I mean, you've you've pulled out the bag this week, but you know we've we've spoken about that. But anyway, um, you've had some. Crazy experiences this 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 season. So it's your first season, in case you people are wondering. Your first season as a level four referee on the men's pathway, and correct. you're also on. The, I know I'm correct because I do my research, Phoebe. I'm yeah, very thorough, very good. professional. Yes, um, but then when we come to the female pathway, what what level are you at the moment? Because I I don't know what, uh, enough about the female pathway to to. To make an
2: <laughs> well, well, I am level three W, um, and essentially the starting point for the women's pathways is four W. So you you start at four W, like you'd start at level seven on the men's, and then work your way. I, I find it down up towards one, one uh, W <laughs> essentially. Um, so that's where I'm at at three W, which means that you can referee on the women's national league.
0: Right, so Luke, I know you are the, you're the a chairman of the Northamptonshire Women's and Girls League, is that correct? Correct. See, I, I've you got... Do, you oh, do do your research, I've don't got you? i all the knowledge, mate. All the knowledge, knowledge. So um, that's the entry level for our people on the female pathway. So that would be 4W, so they would be essentially refereeing um, the Premier Division and Division 1 of your particular league, and obviously the league's associated at that same step. Is that correct, yeah? Yep. And so... To be promoted, you can go through the promotion pathway, um, and then you get to. So you have to apply for that, obviously, and then yep. you get to three W, which, as you were just saying, is you say women's national league. So
2: women's national league in in division two and one. So you mainly um, one, but you do um, county as well. So you could do like the East Mid-G- East Midlands Regional um, as well.
0: So and we've got, I believe, Thrapson Town <laughs> in that. In that league, and is it yeah. catching in the Northampton Town development? Am, am I right in thinking?
2: Northampton Town development, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm really impressed, Wayne. Well, you this know, is good. I, I'm, I'm well up with my uh, local knowledge of uh, football. I let like you animal? know more than but, me. Well, you know, so, uh, <laughs> so then, is it another promotion application for three W to two W?
2: Yeah. So you apply, but I, th- I think it, then it's a, it's a. It's like, like it's like level four, it's a selection process at that point.
0: So, but in the men's pathway, in level four, you don't apply for promotion, do you? Because you're in a merit table, is that different than in the women's game?
2: If you go five to four, you're obviously applying for level four promotion, but it's, um yeah, you, you have, at women's national and, and, and higher, then you'd have merit tables and things like that,
0: Okay. like level four. Right, okay. So, do you have to, or can you be an assistant as well so if you get promoted from 4w to 3w do you then assist at a higher level automatically
2: yeah so i'll assist on um like national league prem games so rugby borough ones like that uh essentially but i'll ref on the div one so okay like okay and then and if you're a promotion candidate for 2w i think sometimes they might put you on to uh championship to see how you go so lovely but this is, I think, I, <laughs> I'm quite new to it as well. Really, in the grand scheme of things, uh, in terms of how long I've been refing actually in the women's pathway, not as long as I have in the men's. So
0: I think we spoke about this last time. Where I don't know if the word yeah. it was, I don't know if the word reluctance was it, it is mm. fair. Um, but you didn't really go into the, into the female pathway straight away, did you?
2: No, I, I guess the main thing was that I didn't know a lot about it. I think at the time, um, and I think. You know, having dad refereeing in the men's pathway and sort of just having the opportunities in the men's pathway, that was sort of what I gravitated to because I think it was it was easiest at the time I was at my refereeing. And I think what's great now is that there's so much more exposure and the pathways for the women's game that people can do it as easily as they can the men's game. And actually, that's that's great because I don't you know, I think it was, you know, previously maybe something that was harder to get into just because people didn't know about it as much.
0: Luke, do you find now that we've got um, a lot of referees coming through the female pathway? I know um, we've spoken to Chris Rowland before about the struggle to um, appoint appoint so many referees for afternoons. Do you find that your games are pretty much covered? I know you don't have as many games as that league, but do you find that most of your games are covered by people who just want to referee in female football? And I'm not just talking about female referees here, I'm talking about male, their male counterparts. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say
1: coverage is coverage is easy uh you know the youth stuff we've always struggled the league has historically always struggled and we we still struggle at the minute and it doesn't in fairness to the clubs it doesn't cause us too many issues because it's what they're used to then they're not used to having appointed referees particularly in the younger age group so whilst we're keen to change that at the minute um that's proving a challenge and and the clubs have been great with it because it's what they're what they've been experiencing previously anyway so from the youth side it's not too much of an issue um Sunday afternoon stuff the the adult lady stuff again um Gary Gary Halliday does the appointments does it does a great job but it's a challenging job you know that as we've talked about with Chris the Sunday afternoon stuff is is where he struggles the most and um you know I think I think Gary Gary has similar issues but I think you're right in that actually there's there's a lot of people both male and female that are keen to go through the female pathway now and and that probably has helped us a little bit because those those people are probably gravitating towards the women's and girls league more than perhaps Chris's youth stuff that he has on a uh, on a Sunday afternoon so i think it, it has certainly helped us a little bit in terms of coverage of those games
0: so um the, re- the reason i was thinking about it, we had the NTFA this weekend we had our second round of the Women's Cup and all our games were covered. I know we had a couple of calls off for teams that had dropped out and what have you, but um, there wasn't any problem with coverage then. And, and, and it's good to see these people coming through the, the female pathway. Um, and I know we've got some... I know when, since you were RDO, Luke, and then you moved on and Ollie's obviously taken over that mantle, I guess. But um, we always struggled, didn't we, for numbers with female referees, but now we seem to... And and, and I'm, I know what you, I'm saying. The quality we've got in the county at the minute, you know, picking you up here, Phoebe. But also, with have we've Stacey as well. We've got two female referees who can be role models for female referees coming through. Um, do you get to work with Stacey? Or I know Richard's is Richard your coach and stuff like that. Do you get yeah. to work with them as well?
2: Yeah. So because I'm on the I'm on the women's emerging talent pathway, which means that Richard's my coach through that. So, um, so obviously when we do like, uh, and Stacey like heads up our region for that. Um, so I get to speak to Stacey quite a lot in that, in that uh, context, but I've not actually got to work with Stacey. I mean, she's up on the super league on telly and stuff. So it's immense, but
0: what, what is that now? What uh, just for any, not for, sorry, for, not for me personally, but for anybody who's new to refereeing or female listening to this podcast, what is the emerging talent path and What, what does that
2: mean? So it's like a it's a national program that's um that's been set up for uh female referees basically to encourage uh uptake in the in the women's pathway and sort of helping push sort of new talent through um in in the women's pathway. So that's why we're getting like coaches and stuff. We've got um like a, a fitness program thing now that's been set up and and things like that to help us with with fitness and nutrition. And and so it's sort of little bits and bobs like that and then we have meetings that like you know run by stacy where we'll do technical things and and fitness sessions so you know it's a, it's like a, a little group of well we're big because it's national but you know our little regional group um get together and do that sort of thing and and have that coaching specifically for the women's pathway which i think is really helpful
0: but what's your commitment to that then so what, what i mean by that is what do oh, yeah. you have to commit? How many hours is it? Is these how often are these meetings? Do you have to after your games? Do you have to fill in forms or you know give feedback or self-assessment stuff like that. Do you have to do that kind of thing?
2: No, not so much like with the self-assessment and stuff. I mean, I'll I'll message Richard if I've had a different difficult game and stuff. I think that's that's the whole coaching side of it. But meetings are uh, uh, roughly like once a month, um, and then there'll be a, a yearly national meeting, which we did the fir- we did the first one. Um, last well say last season it was was this year but last season end of last season which was really good which is where everyone came together from you know the national uh etps so that was that was wicked so yeah it's not like it's not massive in terms of time commitment but because of all the extra stuff you're getting like the coaching and the fitness stuff and and you know stuff like that it it, it's sort of getting you ready for that more professional side of of the game
1: so does does that level of focus in terms of being focused on the the female pathway, the level of training and development that you're getting on that side, because there are differences in terms of style of football and and yeah. things like that uh, compared to the male pathway, is there anything transferable that you're taking from those sessions into into your your level four UCL really? stuff?
2: No, I mean it's it's massively transferable because like the fitness stuff is obviously transferable. Fitness is fitness, um, and then I think. The coaching side of it I mean I know that you know Richard's when I when I speak to him it's it's about men's games as well as women's games um because he's he's quite happy to help coach and he's come to watch um, a couple of men's games that I've refed actually um so he's he's sort of coaching everything but the ETP itself is specifically for the women's pathway but yeah it's, it's very transferable because I know you, you can tweak the advice that's been given depending on the game um, but things like positioning and stuff like that, it's it's definitely transferable across across the two because the quality of football that we're seeing in the women's game is is increasing every day. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um just, I, the reason I kind of came onto that train of thought was because I, I obviously I work with Richard quite a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> not so much this season, but last season I worked with him a lot.
2: Last season he was uh, always out with you, wasn't
1: he? <laughs> yeah, he seems to have escaped me a little bit, but I've had him a few times. Um, but obviously, we talk in the journey on the journey in um in the car on the way to games and stuff. and uh he was he was mentioning that Stacy's actually back and having to do the odd um male game here and there, yeah. uh, just to keep her level four status or you know whatever the reason is. um uh, yeah. but so she's she's having to do that. so she's dropping back into. The odd UCL fixture here and there, and then obviously running yeah. the line on the contrib here and there. And I think largely she's getting really positive feedback from both clubs and observers, which you you would expect for somebody expect, who yeah. is uh, operating on the Women's Super League again. That higher level of that higher level of training um, mm. and development, and just having that little bit of focus around that. Um, but how does it feel for you to be in the same pool as uh, as Stacy in terms of the the male pathway? <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, obviously, it ma- makes you feel quite good. Uh, <laughs> she's immense. Honestly, I, I went to watch her. Uh, me and Dad went to watch her ref at Bugbrook, actually, uh, on a men's game. And it was she was just quality, like just her movements unreal, like the fitness that you have to have to operate at that level. It's, it's, it's immense. And it sort of it does really go to show sort of the work that you do need to put in because you watch it and think that's like, she's so fit and moves and just the way that she preempted, like not preempted, and um, like watched the game and, you know, judged what was going to happen. It was, yeah, very, very good. So yeah, no, I mean, she's obviously doing incredible and, you know, I think she was on TV today. So yeah, on BBC this. Yeah. So yeah. But I, I think
1: that's a really important point because I think it's really yeah. easy for us as level fours and above. I, I, I even had it, I think it was in my game last week. Um, the, the club said, oh, yeah, we had this female referee last week and she was one of the best that we've had all season. Um, or ever, I can't remember the words exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, and it's very easy for us to look at that and go, oh, yeah, well, they just think that because they don't see many female referees. And then yeah, when, yeah. when they do OK, it suddenly makes them look good. It's easy for us to have that mentality. But I think yeah. actually the level of, the level, particularly if they are operating on Championship and, and Super League on, yeah. the, on the female pathway side, the level... Uh, like you're talking about in terms of the, the amount of work those girls are putting in fitness yeah. wise but also in terms of their own development and the 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 learning that they have to go through whether it's in face-to-face meetings or online seminars and things like that yeah to get them to the level that's expected at those higher levels of the female game it's going to make them better in the men's game and it's going to make yeah. them stand out and i think it's brilliant i think it proves that
0: that the development work does work
2: oh definitely yeah
0: yeah, a couple of points that I'm going to pick, pick up there, Luke, because it's important. Do you think, because um, we were talking in our, psycholo- our psychology special last week, that's what we're calling it oh. now, um, and I mentioned this um, at the start as well, so I'm going to mention it again, about the psychology of competition. So yeah. do you think that, because I'm I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that there is a smaller pool of female referees going for those positions who want to get onto the championship and who want to get onto the super league and and obviously there's there's male counterparts as well you know as well so do you think um you know that competition because it's a smaller pool do you think that competition is higher um is tougher because you it's like any pyramid, you know. When you're going from four to three, yeah, it's a difficult jump, isn't it? Three to two, uh, two is a difficult jump Do you know, because there's a smaller pool. That there's there's more competition, so that's going to push you even harder.
2: In a way, yeah, I think I think it's because there's less sort of levels to get through it's you're quicker into that level of competition if that makes sense whereas if you're starting from level seven as the men's you're maybe not facing that level of competition until you really get to like four three and then two whereas with the women's you're four w and then as soon as you get to three w that there's that level of competition straight away you know and you're finding that it's you know going to be difficult to get to that two w position pretty much straight away so it's that yeah that level of competition does make it trickier um and i think you know, you're you're jumping, I think, quite quick into higher levels of football. Um, you know, without more steps as you do have in the men's pathway because there's more leagues and more levels.
0: Yeah, Luke. Without trying to come across incredibly sexist here, um, <laughs> I'm going to direct this at you and and just hear me out here. Do you think, um, from your experience, do you think female referees, um take I know this is a massive generalization but do you think they might take, they take refereeing a bit more seriously you know you were talking about the um the impact of diet and nutrition and training and stuff do you think that you know they're more disciplined than their male counterparts in some respects
1: um I, i'll be honest i don't i don't think they do in terms of the the lower mm. the lower level and like when i say lower level i'm talking like the, the brand new referees that we recruit um you know we, we've been relatively successful in recruiting more female referees recently um, and and you know the, the but in the in the same demographic of, of the the male referees that we would recruit so you know under 18 yeah. th- that type of age group and you know most of those still still play so that they, they are committed but they're committed to playing and and that's the biggest challenge for us is actually that you know they sit through the course but then getting them games to referee when they're not playing is is our biggest issue and getting them out on the field and you um, actually refereeing a game of football rather than playing a game of football is is the biggest challenge that we face because they're so committed to their teams and and what they do um when they're when they're playing so they are committed to football which is great um we just need to work on getting them committed to refereeing perhaps a little bit earlier because they are missing out on those early years of experience like phoebe's talked about with such a condensed pathway um that it can take, if you don't have the right experience and and skill set, it can take a bit longer to progress through that, that condensed pathway.
0: Okay. Um, am I right in thinking that, so at National League, is that the same, is that the level of um, Northampton Town Women's? Is that the level? Yeah. Like, right, so... It, here's the next question. Leading into, obviously, the reason we got you back on was because we wanted to talk to you about your experience recently of the, of the National League game that you did. So you could mm. be, essentially, and I don't know if the, this is kind of, I don't think it's kind of relative to, to, to Southern League and espin and what have you. So one week you could be refereeing in front of 40 people. Um yeah. And then you, the following week, you can be refereeing in front of 6,000 people. <laughs> right. That yeah. that's the pathway that we're on. Do you think um when you <laughs> when so when you got this p- appointment through, so it was
2: yeah.
0: um forgive my ignorance. I know it was Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth. Who was the AFC team? Who was the AFC Bournemouth? Porter's head. Porter's Um great yeah. band by the way, for all you uh nineties <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> um Porter's Head, isn't that is that Bristol, yeah? Yeah. Yep. See? Uh, geography knowledge, eh? You you impressed me with that, Luke. Don't get me, don't you look at me on that YouTube, at uh, YouTube, that Teams <laughs> thing and don't be, don't He's tell me I'm not it impressed, right? I'm just saying the prep was going so well, but you couldn't even remember who the away team was, anyway. well wow. <coughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Move so on. when the appointment came through, was that like a normal appointment for you? Were you think because that's quite a distance, isn't it, from Northampton to Bournemouth? It's a long, long way.
2: Yeah, no, they wouldn't normally send you that far. So um, when it came through, it was it was pretty clear that it was a it, they were sending me there for a particular reason, uh, which was the fact that it was being played at the Vitality. So um, that they sort of, I think, did that because it was more of like a special occasion uh, game rather than. I mean, it was still a league game, but it was a special occasion because I think it's it's AFC Bournemouth have recently um like affiliated with the men's team so uh this was they were marketing it you know and it was their biggest crowd that they've had um you know and they played it at the Vitality which was immense so yeah it was it, I think it was for that reason you wouldn't normally get sent that far on a Women's National League you'd usually be fairly local
0: and when the appointment came through and you found out it it, it was a Vitality obviously you were yeah. Um, you know, you are, you are high fiving or low fiving your dad, whichever way you want to look at it. So, a, it's a, it's a little, 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 little gag for you. Um, but <laughs> did you prepare? Did you prepare any differently for that game, or you say, just, like, just another game? I want to really just focus on doing what I normally do, or did you did you change anything?
2: Um, I mean, I spoke with Richard a lot about it because obviously he's he's got a lot of experience in the women's game and at that higher level. Um, and I, I was very aware, and I spoke to him about the fact that the the level of the football wasn't wasn't going to be any different to what I'd normally referee on the national league. They'd obviously probably up their game a bit more because there was a bigger crowd there because of the occasion. So I was aware of that, but I thought, you know, the level of football is going to be the same. So I don't need to change anything in terms of what's actually going on on the pitch. It was more about the prep beforehand, because, you know, when you go to those bigger stadiums, you know, you'll get those, you know, a safety officer that comes to brief you and and just different things that you wouldn't normally get um, at my level at level four or, you know, normally on the national league. So it was, it was all those things that I went through with Richard about what to expect from the, you know, the, the occasion and beforehand, but then the actual game itself, I I thought I I just have to ref it the same. So I did.
0: (laughs) And your assistants, had you met them before? Did you know them?
2: No, they were, they were fairly local to Bournemouth to be fair. Um, But yeah, they were, they were really good, really good assistants actually. And, and obviously we all enjoyed the occasion as uh, as as expected it was it was really really cool
0: <laughs> did you did you stay overnight before the game or did you travel down in the morning
2: no i traveled down in the morning um it you know it was a fairly long journey but because it was two o'clock kickoff it was you know easy enough to to get up early and just make the journey and, and that that journey actually was quite good to get in the right headspace for it all and everything and you know just be prepared but yeah i i, I wasn't actually massively nervous because of you know because i knew the level was going to be the same it was more just being aware that there was a big crowd and yeah. it, you know i think my previous record for crowd attendance was probably about 400 that i've reffed in front of so it was it was a massive jump in that sense that's
0: but, probably when you underlined to me at, um i actually <laughs>
2: thought it was i actually do think it was a shep shed yeah uh,
0: but hold on Oh it's, oh, it's nice to go up to Butthole there. Lane. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere as well, but we're, we're a clean podcast. Um,
2: I watched your referee masterclass up there, didn't
0: I? Oh my goodness me, yeah. It was against them. Was, it was, against, um, what was it against Corn,
2: I think it was Corn. Somebody, yeah, it was. It was top yeah. top of the table. Big at that game, point. yeah. Other other,
0: game. other meat-free uh, football clubs are available. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in terms of the game, itself, so, so yeah, the bomb of the Vitality Stadium is quite a small stadium, isn't it? Yeah. Um I was seeing a match today yesterday that Luton they only get they only get eleven thousand and I don't think the vitality mm-hmm. is much bigger. Um no. so when you come out of the tunnel mm. was were the majority of the fans by the tunnel and then you know, as you come out, did you feel yeah. did you feel did you feel the old yeah. Oh my goodness me, this is it.
2: Well, they had their announcer and everything. So that was, you know, they did the proper announce, but they had the, the Bournemouth University cheerleading squad actually doing some cheerleading at the start, which was, I was getting really distracted by and watching that instead of, because uh, thinking about the fact we had to lay wreaths and do the minute silence because it was round remembrance. So so there was actually quite a lot to think about beforehand, which I actually think helped me feel less nervous because it was more just process of, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to do the handshakes, then we're going to do this. And it was just following that process. But yeah, they they'd filled up, well they'd um opened three stands so they'd opened the two behind the goals and then the one behind the benches which is where the tunnel was obviously so it was uh that was all quite full um so you're walking out facing no one you can't see anyone but when you turned there was all this massive crowd which was you know Fairly overwhelming, but again, like I said, I was watching the cheerleaders, so I got a bit distracted. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight. Hey, They're they so that, yeah. good. They're like properly doing flips, like up in the air, and like you don't get in the, bomb.
0: Even... Get in the bomb of university cheerleading squad by accident, mate. You've you got, you got to have it was the very skills. Very impressive. You've got to have the skills. Genuinely very impressive. Maybe we should start it for ref's sake, cheerleading squad. What do you reckon, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> That's because it doesn't involve me or you, anything, <laughs> I'm quite happy.
2: Oh, God, yeah. It definitely wouldn't involve any jumping up and flipping if it involved you too, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> How do
0: you know about my flipping abilities <laughs> my flipping abilities? Um, <laughs> so uh, when was your ne- what was your next game? I mean not oh, what was your next game after the Bournemouth game?
2: I can't remember. She's just going to have
0: to quickly check. My I'm, just,
2: I'm actually checking my calendar. <laughs> calendar? I mean,
0: um, well, well done to you for having a calendar. Me and Luke were just like... Mm. I've
2: got to a calendar. It's got little football stickers on I can show you because you are on the video, but oh, it's actually got little football stickers on it that's when footballer things are happening. That's it's like really proper organized neat. That, it's so organised. I'd be and, a mess if I didn't have this. And that goes
0: I, back to my point about females being more um, disciplined with football. <laughs> No, this is yeah. just
2: me being mildly OCD. So it's. Um... <laughs> I I haven't got
0: any football stickers. <laughs> so who wants? No, to? I've, I've just got, got, got my different calendar. Colors.
2: <laughs> different colours for different leagues.
0: Oh my goodness me! It's great. That's but my... anyway,
2: no. Um. Well, I was actually. Uh, it was an assistant on a Wednesday, for a a PGA game. Leicester under twenty ones versus Tottenham under twenty ones for Sam Anderson in the middle.
0: Wow! So. What a come down. I was going to say. Yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> Sam Anderson. That's like winning the lottery and finding that actually you read the numbers wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Share the
0: list with him as well. Oh my goodness me! No, it was good
2: actually. It was, it was fun.
0: Well, good, good save there. Good save. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure Sam listens. I think it's all right.
2: Are you sure? Okay.
0: Huh. Um, <laughs> where do we go? Where do we go from that? From. Well, I don't know. From the then, I mean, stadium to to day out with Sam Anderson.
2: Was I it? actually haven't. I haven't done a middle since actually because I was meant to have a middle uh, but it got called off for the weather so i've I've only done lines since Dear. since the Bournemouth game
0: so come on let's go back to the to, to the um case we spoke about what's the big um, what's the big <laughs> ambition are you um Pardon? what's the big ambition are you are we looking at following in the footsteps of Stacey? or um obviously she's getting the big games you said she was on t v earlier <laughs> um yeah is that what you want to be doing?
2: I mean I think you know ultimately if if you're looking for to to promote like to go through the pathway you're you're looking to wanting to get to the top and you know ultimately that's that's what I'd like to be doing but it's I think there's a, a lot of work involved there's a bit of luck involved and ultimately you have to be decent enough as a referee to do it so um I'm sort of just going through and seeing seeing where it takes me and seeing how far I can get um you know and and enjoying the experiences that I'm getting at the moment. So
0: I mean it's a massive jump. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Don't you know, don't take this the wrong way. But I came to watch you last season at Ells Barton. And then, oh, you know, mate. in front of five people... You don't people. need to mention it. And I'm not I'm not going to go don't into it. Don't
2: mention that. the incident.
0: Not was... it. Well, you're mentioning the incident. I'm not mentioning anything. I'm just saying... Well, now like...
2: everyone wants to know what the incident <laughs> well, is. Well, there, was, there wasn't, the wasn't incident. any
0: incident, obviously. Um, I really no want incidents. to know what the incident was. Um, <laughs> oh, it was bad. So there was <laughs> like wrong. five or ten people there. Most of those were shouting shouting stuff. Um, to 7,000 people, you know... Do, you, were you talking about this last week, Luke, about... Um, with Bertie in the World Cup where this this yeah. adrenaline rush becomes a bit of a drug doesn't it in refereeing um, yeah. is has is it fed your appetite Say, we yeah I want to be doing that every every week or you go oh definitely yeah. I was
2: absolutely buzzing coming off it because it was it was so cool like I think you get that buzz whenever you have like a, a slightly bigger crowd or a bigger event it's like getting um cup finals and things they're always that it's that occasion that you, you really love to ref because it's really important and yeah, I, I was buzzing after that that experience and you know, and I felt really privileged and lucky to have been given that out of, you know, the pool of referees that the referee on the National League. And I thought, you know, take that feeling and that experience and and think that if that's what I want to be experiencing more and more, I need to do put in the fitness stuff, you know, work on my nutrition and not get KFC and you know, <laughs> things like that. Other chicken places are available should are, know
0: I'll yeah. yeah. oh, get yeah. Domino's. get Domino, like Luke does every every Sunday <laughs> sorry Luke or every other Sunday. pizza oh sorry is it Papa John's or is it Saturday
1: I just, no I have pizza every Saturday after a game but it's mm-hmm. just like frozen supermarket pizza
2: uh, okay it's healthier
1: yeah well yeah and I'm not Cheaper. made of money <laughs> 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 anyway uh, enough <laughs> enough about my dietary requirements um one final one from me, and that's just obviously you've got all of this going on from a from a female pathway perspective. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got a lot of time and respect for uh, officials in your position who are like, I think, like spinning multiple plates because you've got your male pathway stuff going on. You've got your female yeah. pathway stuff going on. And I think sometimes the FA can be very unforgiving in the way that they do appointments and and certain things and and the way they 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 can be perceived to treat officials that are on both pathways so the the amount of commitment that you guys put in um when you're on both pathways is just crazy but you've got all of that going on on the female side and it's your first season at four in yeah. the male side how's how's all that going and and how are you finding your first season at, at that because that's a big step up as well
2: that is a big step up yeah i've definitely like oh, definitely felt it um the step up i mean I feel like I feel like I'm I'm balancing the both quite well at the moment, and I I have to say I think I've had a pretty good experience with appointments and things for, you know, across both. I haven't felt too overwhelmed or anything like that yet. I'm hoping that you know remains, but it's um, I mean, I I it's the same as the women's. I'm I'm just sort of doing as best I can and and seeing where it, it takes me. I'm, I'm not expecting anything this season in terms of you know, I know you get you got merit tables and all that now. I'm I'm trying not to look at those and, and <laughs> care about them. But then, you know, Daryl's having a look and you yeah. oh, I'm on this number. And then I'm thinking, oh, I'll check. But um yeah, yeah so I'll try not to 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 worry too much about it because I'm aware that it's my first season and it's you know, it is that big step up and it's it's a different style of refing that you need to sort of take through and that professionalism level for sure. So I'm just sort of taking those experiences doing my best and then see and see I think all of it is just seeing where it takes me I think you know I'll I'll do what I need to do and try and do to to push myself there and then hopefully those opportunities and things you know present themselves for me to get there so I mean this question, yeah we'll see
0: this, yeah this question is I don't know if it's going anywhere but I'm gonna ask Luke and perhaps you can fill us in as well so um in the olden days so does Rebecca Welch does she still referee in, on the female pathway as well or not yeah yeah. So in the olden days, when you were at level three, or when I was at level three, you used to get a rest day after a Saturday. That, does that, but then if, if a female game came through that kind of went out the window, is that is that still the case?
1: I I think it depends what at level three we we still get the rest days. I think if you're at level four you don't get your rest days. So mm-hmm. the, the the guys like Richard, uh Phoebe obviously that they're, they're yeah. doing as as well, yeah, I mean Richard Richard's a specialist assistant in the male pathway but still it's the same principle they don't get they don't get the rest days so like Rich could run a line for me on the Saturday and then and then be driving somewhere ridiculous on the Sunday to do um a women's championship game
2: yeah
1: um so yeah the the rest day thing for level fours I think rest days tend to I think they start at level three I don't think level fours get them
2: yeah we don't get rest days on the men's I think if you go up the levels in the women's you will get the rest days so I think if I think if Richard had a championship line on, you know, anything like that on the Sunday, it would close the right. Saturday. So I don't think he'd, he'd have the both because I think that they, they do do the rest days for that. But yeah, this, this level for me currently, I don't get any rest days. So I have to balance that and make sure That's I'm not big, overdoing yeah.
0: it. I am going to say, yeah, it's a big commitment, isn't it? It's a big commitment to, um, to, to, to everything. Cause obviously, um, Believe it or not, I know you, you. You teachers don't work very, very much nine till three, <laughs> most days. You know, twenty five weeks you a year. Twenty five weeks holiday a year, and you know, if you're teaching drama, that's you know no homework there. Yeah, good, good. Um...
2: You know, it takes the energy out of you doing jazz hands. It, I don't, you don't understand this. <laughs> it's really hard work.
0: One thing that you have been um, not criticised for, but I think it's come across <laughs> in this interview actually, and it, I think it was this, me, yeah. Um, is actually, you seem to be a lot more confident in yourself than you used mm. to be. Um, because in the past, you've always and Slim mentioned this, and I, you know I've mentioned this to you before. And it's not a, I hope you do not mind me mentioning it, but you know you yeah. seem to have a, a lot more confidence in yourself now. And perhaps you're, you've started listening to people saying, actually, <laughs> you're, not, you're not that bad a referee. I mean, you can't be any worse than your dad. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, do you find that doing all this stuff with the um, with the program that you're on, is do you think that instills you from a psychological... I mean, we're big on psychology in this podcast Oh, I now. love the psychology. Um, do you think that's kind of being drummed into you that actually you've got to be more confident in yourself?
2: Yeah, no, I think it... I think it does, you know, I, I think it has, the, the ETP firstly getting onto that and then, you know, being given the opportunities that have been given, like the Bournemouth game, you know, that that's got to give you a little boost to go well you know I I must be doing okay for for someone to you know think that and put me on that so you know and I'm, I'm always very thankful for those opportunities and I think I think I don't know I don't know whether I am just getting more confident or or just being better at pretending to be more confident um obviously I think all referees have that in their head where you'll go over and over the mistakes and the things you've done wrong rather than the positives uh but i think i'm definitely trying to do better at finding the positives as well as you know the things that i need to work on so um yeah i know I'm, I'm thank you for noticing but i don't know And no, i'm going all i'm going all shy again
1: oh don't, don't
2: do to, that i don't know what to say <laughs> oh, i
0: don't man. know
2: what to say i'm a little embarrassed
0: <laughs> <laughs> right so um Thank you for joining us again, Phoebe. Um,
2: okay.
0: We don't invite many people back for a second time unless we're desperate. Uh, yeah, well,
2: I was not... <laughs> going to say you must be desperate.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good to talk to you Lee because um, obviously that experience that we we discussed at, at Bournemouth was, um, you know, a great experience for you. A great, mm. um, you know, indictment of what the county is trying to do um, and um, and succeeded by lots of things because we we've, we've got like we said two role models now in the county for female and male referees as well we want to get through that pathway as well it's fair to say um so yeah thanks for joining us luke any, anything to say apart from do some uh, more games for your for your league
1: <laughs> well yeah that and uh can can we share the photos from the bournemouth
0: game
2: um yeah i think so i assume so who took was he your dad
0: at the, at the game incidentally was he, was no uh, but well, no, you, know, you... I'll, you know what, I'll do, Phoebe. I'll just take them off oh, your so Facebook page and I'll use them, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and if anybody that, you comes on my nothing... Facebook
2: page, is, is private and only to family and friends, but that's fine. You can you can share it publicly. I mean, well, that's why we to show. check. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, am I allowed to? Are you allowed well, to Yeah, be yeah we'll, we'll do it. It'll
0: be fine. Okay, Luke's okay. like well into social media at the moment. I think he's you know looking at an alternative career as. Twitter, well, I was at I was a at tweeter, a, a
2: ref camp this weekend, and they were talking about like safe social media use and making sure you're not like, you know, posting stuff. And so I was like, yeah.
0: Well, you're a teacher I mean, anyway. Yeah. You should know this, Phoebe. You're a teacher. I mean, if you haven't... I
2: do know that, which is why I'm questioning yeah. whether it's. If you around. haven't got a
0: pseudonym, like well, um...
2: no, just to be clear, Phoebe, oh, it's, it's, it's a photo.
0: Myth. It's a photo of you refereeing a game of football.
2: And to be fair, I think it's on Getty Images, so you can find it there. So. Oh, yes. hello. <laughs> and if they send I'll, me an invoice, I'll
0: I'm going to delete it. I'll just pick that name up. I'm just going to pick that name up from. I'll be. I'll get it in a minute. Getty Images. Did you catch it? Did you yeah. catch it? It's even got ty yeah. on the end. Um, <laughs> well, thanks, Phoebe, for uh, absolutely blasting Luke out of the water there with your uh, social media knowledge, and uh, we'll no doubt we will um, speak again soon. I mean, Luke. You did some magic with your um podcast uh editing last week. We might have to do some more this <laughs> week as <well>. yeah. <laughs> Shall
2: I That's just fine. give I, I give the answer yes and then you can edit that back in? Yeah, just yeah. yeah. say yes
0: now. Yeah.
2: Yes. Hey, thank thank
0: you, Phoebe. And we'll speak again soon, no doubt. It's been a pleasure. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Look after it yourself. Has been. And thank get, you. Get that chest a bit better.
2: Oh yeah, thank you.
0: Cough. <laughs> just cough for the yeah. podcast. It's Send this this to the <laughs> roof, mate. All right, take I'm care. really holding it. I'll it in. Bye. So welcome back to the final part of Sake episode number 15. Another interesting chat there, Luke, with uh, Phoebe.
1: Yes, very, very much so.
0: Absolutely different, absolutely different. The um, the difference from the male pathway and the female pathway. I think it's really interesting. One interesting point that came out of that was the kind of um, you know application you have to have to be able to move up those pathways. And I think it's, imp- it's an important message and an important learning point for everybody that if you're not prepared to put in the hard work, then it's going to be really difficult for you to to progress uh, through the system. I think you know uh, we have a point now where um it's just those one percent things that are going to impact on you getting promoted and i'm not talking about observer marks because you, you know there's always going to be um some subjectivity in respect to that but i was saying to you off offline earlier that um you know since i've started doing a bit of running again um you find that even without knowing it you you are you're, you're able to do more on the football pitch
1: yeah, it makes a big difference, um, you know, the physical element of, of refereeing people. People tend to overlook and and sometimes obviously make jokes about and things like that, and uh, that's that's fine, you know, we're fair game as referees, ain't got an issue with that. But it, you're right, it, until you start doing that training, doing it properly, um, you don't understand what impact, what positive impact it can have on, on your game and, and the way that you're refereeing and also the the way that people are perceiving your refereeing as well
0: very good so um i know that you've got a big monday night game coming up so yeah this is released it, it would have been last night so fingers crossed it's gone well hopefully yeah on the old um three three G or 4g i never i never really know
1: uh official terminology is just 3g there's no such thing okay. as a 4g pitch
0: so i hope it I hope it goes well for you Um, We were talking earlier, weren't we, about uh, Christmas, Christmas is coming up. Have you got your Christmas fixtures yet? Yeah. So are you Boxing Day out?
1: Local Boxing Day. Whereabouts? Russian Russian Diamonds. Oh, beautiful. Were you there last year as well? Uh, I was there on New Year's Day last year. Ah, I see. All locked in there, mate. But I was at Nuneaton on Boxing Day last year, and I'm refereeing them on New Year's Day this year. Oh. But away from away from home at Leamington, you know. Oh, so yeah. yeah, funny how the appointments
0: work, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, I've always enjoyed going to Leamington as well. Um, I might watch that on um, Soccer Saturday. Anyway, have a have a lovely week, and we will see you again. We've got a big guest coming up next week. I am very very excited. I'm not going to mention their name at the moment, just in case it doesn't come to fruition. But I am very excited about next week's guest. So, yeah, stay tuned to us. Get yourselves on Apple Podcast, onto Spotify, onto Amazon. Make sure that you're following us on all those on the MPTN um, pages as well. We're there and thereabouts. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks, everybody. That is the end of this podcast. You in now? Switch over. <laughs> Bye, everyone. I'm going to stop recording now, Luke. Good.